0: It's one of those things where it's not finite like money, right? Right. Either you have it or you don't. Yeah. When it comes to sex, we in theory have it. Yeah, we have it. But for some reason, you just can't. What was your reason? (sighs) Every seven seconds, a man thinks about sex. That's more than 500 times an hour and more than 12,000 times a day. And even though that sounds crazy, I'm sure it sounds kind of familiar because that stat has circulated for decades. MythBuster, there is no scientific evidence to back that up. And studies that have been done on this site that men think about sex an average of 19 times a day, with the highest number of that group studied being 380 thoughts a day and the lowest being once a day. Which if you think about it, if you're part of a study that says... Record how many times you think about sex today. You're going to think about sex at least once that day to note the fact that you never once thought about sex that day. Point being, in a society that's conditioned us to believe that all day men dream about sex, what do you do when you find yourself in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to have sex with you? And that's what we're talking about on this episode of... Lovers and friends. I'm going to take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend I say... Lovers and friends, uh, I'm going to hold you down, down to the end, I said. Hi, my name is Shan dream I'm a sex and relationship educator who has worked in this space for over 15 years. And in that time, I've been a part of various projects. One of them being about HSDD, hypoactive sexual desire disorder. And this is a condition for women who identify with having frustratingly low sex drive and Through that, I've talked about this topic a lot. And interestingly, this episode is the first time that I've talked about this for men. And through this episode, I learned that I had to reframe my understanding of men with low libido to accommodate for a more compassionate, less judgmental reality So off the rip, I want to start this episode by saying some basic statements that I think a lot of us may need to hear. Men don't owe you sex in order to provide you assurance about your relationship with them. Men don't owe you sex in order to boost your self-esteem. Men don't owe you sex in order to prove they're not having sex with anyone else. And men don't owe you sex in order to prove that they're men. Just like any other bodies, ones with penises go through different sexual cycles powered by their overall physical health, their hormones, their environment, and of course their mental health. Sometimes their physical health and mental health and environment line up to lead to a place where healthy sex is possible and optimal. On the flip side, sometimes these factors lead to a sex life that's unhealthy for them and or everybody involved. And then There are other circumstances that lead a man to having little to no desire for sex at all. I once had a male partner who had a very low sex drive and actually told me that he felt like I was using him for my sexual pleasure. And I could never initiate again after that. I dated someone who struggled with their mental health, and one of the side effects was a love sex drive. And even though he clearly communicated with me about this particular situation and how it had nothing to do with me and how beautiful I was and how sexy I was and and everything, I still felt like there was something that was wrong with me for the first year and a half we never had sex I think I stayed because I was so curious and was maybe like is it me but no and then one day a year and a half later he's like let's have sex and I'm like yeah let's please and it was was it worth waiting a year and a half Or no but hey that's why the relationship only lasts six more months. I tried to teach him ways, and I tried to be able to standing, wearing lingerie, and trying to spice things up still didn't seem to work. I would find myself falling asleep crying, running to the bathroom crying,
1: relieving myself with masturbation, or just talking to my friends about my issues. In
0: the case of my ex, when we first started dating, we had sex, and it was really cute and fun. But once we became official, the sex had completely fallen off the cliff. I would try to initiate dress sexy or like give morning blowjobs, be cute like that. But he just kept declining it every time and just would say, I'm not in the mood or, you know, I'm like, I'm just have a little bit lower sex drive. And he fearfully told me I'm asexual. And for me to hear that was the biggest relief in the world. And I was accepting of it at first, you know, but. As soon as you try to make more advances and you see that they really just aren't up for it, it was a lot of depression on his end, and I wish that I would have given more grace. Yeah, as you can hear, this conversation is layered and it's loaded, and that's why it's often avoided altogether. And that is further reason why I'm so proud to present the guests on this episode who dare to go there. First up, we have Drew Love, the lead singer of the popular R&B group, They, who just released their album, New Moon, which is streaming right now. Drew came through to talk about his last relationship in which low libido became a huge point of contention. And then later in this episode, I am inviting back male sex coach, Alex Grendy.
2: So it's not that porn is better than having sex with a partner. It's just, it's not that they're choosing porn over their partner. It's like they they literally can't give to their partner in those moments. So they're just gonna take what they can get. And that's where I think we resource to porn to feel something.
0: Hey lovers and friends, this is our first of four ad breaks in this episode and we are starting things off with a bang. More like a mwah for your buck. Anyhow, I'm talking about HelloFresh. This meal delivery service brings the taste of spring right to your doorstep in one weekly box delivered to you. Say goodbye to time-eating grocery shopping and hello to convenient chef-crafted recipes featuring ripe seasonal ingredients that are pre-proportioned and ready to cook. This does not mean you're losing your choice on what you eat. Now, every week, HelloFresh has over 40 weekly recipes to choose from and more than 100 items like snacks, easy lunch lunches, lunches, extra portions, desserts, and pantry necessities to round out your grocery shopping order. Lovers and friends listeners, you all know how my daughter, Ryu, loves her some HelloFresh. You tell that's hot. That's hot, baby. Fun fact, every plate is now owned by HelloFresh, so that means more options for lovers and friends depending on your price point and your preferences. Speaking of price, go to HelloFresh.com slash Lover16 and use code Lover16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That is crazy. Free groceries delivered to your door and 16 free meals. See why HelloFresh is Ryu and America's number one meal kit. And get so much bang for your buck by going to HelloFresh.com slash lovers 16 and use code Lover16 for those 16 free meals. Plus free shipping. I'm sorry to talk about sex. I love let's, talking about sex. Man, and when a guest it. is like, let's talk about it. I'm like, yes. But we're talking about not having sex.
1: Mm.
0: Which is just as interesting too.
1: It is. It is. Everybody right, so, loves it.
0: So back me up. <laughs> you just came out of a relationship. Yeah. It's fresh for you. Mm. And there was something that was really empowering that happened, because you're in your best space now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's start on the positive note. Mm-hmm. Tell me about today, how are you feeling? I'm
1: feeling good, it's a beautiful day outside. We in LA, it's beautiful out here, but I'm feeling good. I mean, like you said, I'm in a really empowering phase in my life right now. I just got out of that relationship that I was in.
0: What are some of the things that you learned
1: I think that I learned how to love myself a little bit better because it's easy when you get in a relationship, especially in a long-term one, you're living together like we were, you know, you start to let yourself go sometimes. You start to like kind of, you get really comfortable. And then when you go through the ups and downs of emotions that you go through in this industry that I'm in, uh, along with the other person's ups and downs, a lot of times those ups and downs kind of mix together and then you, you know, you end up in a kind of like a mess of different emotions that you don't know how to work out with each other. Um, And it kind of affects your confidence in yourself and the way that you look at yourself because you're so focused on dealing with another person's problems along with yourself, that you kind of forget how to to cope with those issues that you do on a normal basis. So I think that the longer that I was in that relationship and the longer that I I feel like I neglected my own love and my own needs for myself in, in attempts to like work on somebody else's issues, I think that that's what started making me kind of lose it for myself and lose love for myself. And one day I woke up in the mirror and I was like looking in the mirror and I didn't love the way that I looked and I didn't love the way that I felt about myself. It took getting out of a relationship to realize that sometimes you need a reset to like really retrain your brain on how to like have appreciation for yourself and the way that you look and the way that you feel.
0: Um, one of the issues in your relationship, which it sounds like there was, mm. like you said, a mix of things happening. And this yeah. is also timing wise during the pandemic mm-hmm. where we all know the stress was mounting for everybody. yeah, And there was no blueprint on how to cope with it.
1: No, not, not your all.
0: grandparent, nobody, not your neighbor. Nobody had been through a pandemic before. Yeah, So we were figuring it out from scratch. So I always leave grace for that. But something that was an issue for you guys became sex. Yeah, Can you tell me a particular story that can really put this into perspective for me?
1: So during the pandemic, like you said, she kind of moved in with me during that time because there were financial troubles everywhere. So she kind of moved in with me during that time. We started to, for lack of a better phrase, kind of suffocate each other in a way. And I think that when you don't give each other enough space and you don't, and you're both dealing with your own problems that you you deal with during a pandemic, together in a small, small combined space, I think you kind of, a little bit kind of get tired of each other. You kind of, you know, so the intimacy kind of dropped during that time because it's like there was a lot of arguments going on a lot of this that and a third and a lot of internal stress and external stress as well so I think that it kind of like fed into the way that we looked at each other the way that we looked at the intimacy in the relationship and then furthermore you know it kind of started affecting our personal confidence because the other person wasn't being as intimate with me as as I was used to and I wasn't being as intimate with her as I, as she was used to so it kind of makes it makes us look at each other and be like dang am I not like attractive anymore? Like, am I losing it? Like, why is she not feeling me? Or why is he not feeling me? You know? So I think that furthermore exacerbated the intimacy issue to the point where it almost like became non-existent. That was a really big issue. We tried to fix it. Um, But I think that at that point it was like a little too far gone. So if you're, if you're holding, you know, grudges or animosity against somebody, or you're, you're stressed out by somebody, like, are you going to want to have sex with that person? Probably not. So I think that that stacked on top of each other day after day after 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 day and i think that i realize within myself now that when i start a relationship or i'm early in like you that moving in thing is just take your time on that because it's it can really suck a relationship dry a little bit
0: what was your guys sex life like before you moved in together
1: well i met her on tinder so (laughs) you already know what the what that that app is for so it's kind of interesting i i first it was supposed to be just a hookup honestly but We, you know, we met together and we ended up like, you know, personality just matched. You know what I mean? She wanted, she liked everything I like. Same person, same sense of humor, same taste in food, uh, movies, everything, you know, spontaneity. She was a very active person. She liked to be out and about, hike, camp. That's what hit it off from the jump. I mean, the, the first day, we did have sex on the first day. And that was amazing. Sparks flew on that. And I was just like, okay, Dan, this is some of the best sex I've ever had. She said the same thing to me. I was like, Dan, that's a great start. And then it got to the point where we felt like we could spend more and more and more and more and more time together to the point where we we're almost living together already. My roommate kind of was getting a little tired of her being up in there all the time. So then it eventually, gradually, once the pandemic hit, and like I said, the financial issues came, we ended up actually moving in together. But I didn't realize what, what that was going to turn into.
0: I want to just go back for a second because... Tinder does a really great job of trying to step away from the stigma that they're a hookup app. Yeah, yeah, they're Like, no, we're a dating and connecting
1: app, but— I think it's usually let's try to have sex, and then if there's another connection after that, then cool. I think some people, you know, like, on their little bios and stuff, they kind of, like, put a disclaimer, like, hey, I'm not about to do this. On the, And I usually <laughs> just swipe to the left on that because you go on there on Tinder especially to look for that. And then if there's a deeper connection after that, then that's when I think you can explore that. But I, I think most people— kind of look at look for it for a hookup app.
0: And so then we're talking sex on the first date and then every time you see each other. Mm-hmm. And then tell me about the decline. Like, how did it go from, it went from hot and heavy yeah. and constant mm. to then moving in together and a little bit less? Like, just give me the evidence. Yeah, below.
1: so it went hot and heavy, hot and heavy, hot and heavy, we moved in together. It was still pretty hot and heavy. It was going on trips and vacations, things like that. And every time we go somewhere spontaneous, that that definitely makes the juices flow. You know what I'm saying? So it was pretty hot and heavy first, first year or so, living together, year and a half. And I think we lived together for about three years almost. And I think on the second half of that is when it started to decline a little bit. And I think that that's also because, you know, some of the spontaneity, some of the trips and some of the crazy stuff stopped happening because obviously this pandemic hit, you know, money was a little tighter. I started working on this album. Uh, She had things she was starting to work on. So we got a lot lot busier, a lot more things started happening and then just come home every single day with a lot of stress.
0: So then it went to like... Once a week
1: or... Then, yeah, then it started going to like, so where it was like once a day or twice a day, maybe even, maybe more than that, it ended up going to like, you know, after like a year of living together, maybe once or twice a week. And then when things started getting really bad, it was like once every few weeks or something like that. To the point where there was like a time, I think the longest it ever went was like, we went like a month, month and a half without, you know, and that was very, very abnormal for me and very, very abnormal for her. So when we started to hit that point, we started to realize, okay, there's... Was like a really deep issue. So we tried to get a little bit of therapy, tried to talk it out and stuff like that. But it just got to the point where we, we felt like a clean break was probably the better better way to go.
0: Sometimes I had a, a podcast episode and it was Rachel Lindsay. And she was essentially saying like, we're not having sex in my marriage and that's okay. Yeah. Like at the place that I'm at in my life right now, and what I'm prioritizing, this just isn't the thing that mm-hmm. is top of mind. So yeah. it's not always a bad thing, but in your particular case, how do you think about the lack of
1: intimacy? Well, it's interesting that you say that because while it was happening, I knew that I was going through like an internal mental struggle that had that had to do with a lot with why I wasn't putting out. And I was trying to explain that to her. I was just like, look, I'm just not in the phase of my life right now. Like in this very current small piece of my life, I'm like really focused on other things and I'm really stressed about a lot of different things. You and I are not getting along on every, you know, sense of the word. So it's, you know a lot of things going on in my mental when I don't feel confident and it affects my confidence, I'm telling you, I can't be very intimate. And it's just, it's just a phase right now. I want to promise you it's not going to be forever. Like let's work through it, this, that, and the third, but it got to a point and I can understand her as a woman, you know, feeling where she kind of internalized it and it was like, okay, you're not being intimate with me because I look like this or because you don't, maybe you don't like the way that I look anymore. Maybe there's something you don't like about me and kind of internalized everything and didn't, well, I I think that what hurt me the most is that she didn't realize that when I say that it has something to do with my own mental and it's something that I'm going through, she wasn't able to accept that it had nothing to do with you. I think it's important to understand that there can be phases in relationships where you don't have sex. It doesn't mean that you guys aren't into each other. It doesn't mean that you guys are not sexual people. You guys can have different focuses going on in your life. And, a lot, and, and sex is something that definitely takes a lot of focus and energy. And if you're at a, a phase in your life where different things are going on where you can't give that much energy to that at that point, I think it's understandable, especially if you guys have a real strong bond and understanding that that sex will come back and there'll be pockets where that sex is active and pockets where where it isn't. I think that's okay. But I guess it's to each their own. I mean, some people need sex all the time at at every given point, no matter what's going on. And that's understandable, too.
0: Well, we were talking about this before, how stereotypes come into play here because you're an R&B singer. So I think already traditionally there's a stereotype on your sex life. You're a man. You're a black man. So those things combined, there's probably an assumption that you're horny all the time.
1: Yeah. yeah. In that relationship was the first time I realized, like, damn, okay, this stigma is now kind of working against me because I am going through a phase where I'm not very active. And this person is like, what the heck? This is not you. This is not what you portray yourself as. This is not what I see you as. This is not how I met you as. And so that's the first time that stigma really caught up to me in a way that I didn't expect. You know what I mean? But I would say for the most part, it's not usually a problem. But I now know that I have those pockets. Well, that stigma just didn't give you space to be human. Yeah, exactly. To be dynamic. That, that's exactly what it is and give me space to be myself because as much as I am a sexual individual and I'm an R&B singer, I love singing about it. I love talking about it. I love doing it. At the end of the day, I am still a human and I and I still have feelings. I still have emotions that happen to go up and down at different points. And sometimes during those down, down periods, it's hard to find that sexual energy. You don't want to exchange that with somebody.
0: Welcome to our second of four ad breaks. Now, as we're discussing, there's so many reasons why people lose interest in sex within a relationship. So we have to remain curious. And one of the reasons could be that one person is not as sexually satisfied as the other. And sex, as we know, is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. And that is why Dame, our sponsor in this episode, designed Eva, the first hands free vibrator for couples. Boost pleasure and connection for all with a little toy that won't get in the way. Go to dame.com and use the exclusive code lovers today for 15% off site-wide. If you follow me on Instagram, you already know that I have worked with Dame a number of times and I will continue to do so because they are chic. They are pleasure-focused, body-safe, and most importantly for a sex toy company, they feel fucking fantastic. For example, Eva has a huge cult following because it's a toy designed to provide literal stimulation during vaginal intercourse. And I do mean design. It hugs the labias to hit the right spot and more importantly, to stay there. So what are you waiting for? Try adding a new toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure that you can indulge in solo or with a partner. Go to dame.com and use the exclusive code LOVERS for 15% off Eva or any products on the site. Is it really frustrating when you're able to communicate this in a way? Because- you know, going against another stigma. Uh, Men are often stigmatized for not being able to express their emotions Mm -hmm. and for not being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I come across a lot of people specifically when it comes to erectile dysfunction, Mm -hmm. uh, where they feel the stress and the problem, but they don't say anything. And then their partner internalizes it and makes up stories because they have nothing else to go off of. So I just want to clarify in your case, were you silent and then you said something or did you say something up front and then... Even regardless of your communication, she still internalized it and created a different version that had nothing to do with what you said.
1: I think it was a little bit of both. I think that I could have said something a little sooner. There was a point where there was like a two to three, two to two week period. And that was like the longest at that point that we had gone without it. And she really, I could tell that she started to get a little concerned and started to, you know, when a girl looks at herself a little longer in the mirror in the morning and this, that, and there, just different things that she was doing that she kind of checked herself out and she wasn't feeling super confident in herself. And I could kind of tell that it might have something to do with the, the lack of intimacy coming from my end. But I did try to eventually tell her when she came and said something to me first. And that was the thing I probably should have went and said something to her knowing how she was probably feeling. Having that understanding of her, I probably should have went and been like, hey, look, I want to let you know this is not you. This is me. But nobody wants to hear that phrase either. It's not you, it's me. But I was also working through what it really was in my head. Like, why am I, like, all of a sudden not trying to be super active with this person that I know I care about and I know I'm attracted to? Why am I not? So I was trying to work that through myself before I could come and tell her. But I think before I even got a chance to, like, she kind of started vocalizing with me. But, you know, it's also communication and how you say certain things. You know what I mean? So I think that we weren't able to effectively communicate it before it got to be too big of a problem. What
0: were some of the stories that she had started to create in the silence?
1: Um, I think that she was worried that I was stepping out. And I think as opposed to her creating stories, I think she was asking around. I think she might have been snooping and asking and wondering and voicing to some of her friends that she may be concerned of, you know, why we're not having sex and, and that it might be that I'm stepping out with somebody else. So I think for the most part, she always trusted me. She was never really a super snoopy person, but I could, I could start to tell when she was asking certain questions she didn't normally ask and, you know, when you're coming home or who is, who is this and this, that, and a third, that I could start to tell that she thought that I was probably stepping out.
0: And how did that impact your guys' dynamic?
1: It definitely impacted us a lot because now that becomes a trust issue. It's just, I, I, and this is after I told you that I'm having intimacy issues because of the fact that I'm just going through something, right? Even after I was able to express that to her, I think she still didn't want to accept that and it's like, oh, that's just, yeah, you just saying that, like there's something else going on type of thing. And I think that that, it started to stack upon each other and it started to uh, snowball into something that got a lot, you know, a lot bigger than it should have. Because at no point was I actually being unfaithful, and neither was she. But I think when you're not getting it from the main person, the only person that you're giving it to, it's just like in this day and age when you see everything on social media and the way that people act and stuff like that, you just one of the first things you're gonna assume. Especially when I'm an R&B singer and you know what I'm saying, I'm going and doing this, that, and the third everywhere, and people know who I am. In that, you know, in that regard, to a person that's dating somebody like that. You could all. You know, there's already an inherent insecurity when you get into the relationship. So it's like when the intimacy starts to lack. I can I could see why she probably thought I might be talking to somebody else if I'm not giving it to her.
0: Division had that song that. Um,
1: oh, I just got. Or the, I'm gonna cheat it. What was it? Yeah. Uh, uh, if I got if I if I got caught or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That one's hard. I like that song.
0: But I guess it's sort of a similar concept, and I think Daniel tried to spin it because he's like, I wasn't saying I actually cheated. It was basically saying like, if
1: I did, it would mean that I didn't love you. It's just because. It was actually honestly that song spoke to spoke to dudes, spoke to niggas for real.
0: I think also what you was kind of talking to is that that it can become such a big problem in the relationship yeah. that whether I do it or don't do it, mm-hmm. the issue still exists. The
1: issue still exists regardless. Whether I cheat or not cheat, you're gonna either think I'm cheating or this, that, and the third. But here's my here's my take on cheating. And this might be a kind of like a hot take. Honestly, I'm a type of person, I don't I don't condone cheating and I don't believe in it and I don't do it, but if I'm in a relationship long enough and I really care about somebody and I love them and for some reason there's something I'm not doing and they end up going to do something, just don't let me find out. That's kind of how I feel about it. it. Doesn't I don't I don't believe that you should do it. But if it happens and there's something that's going on, especially if in a situation like we are talking about, if for some reason I'm not giving you the intimacy that you deserve for a long period of time and you've told me over and over and over and I haven't heeded that and you felt the need to go get it from someone else, just don't let me find out. At that point, though, I can't really be mad because I wasn't providing for you in the way that you, you, I know that you need. You know what I mean? And if you felt the need to go seek that somewhere else one time to get that off your chest so it wasn't bothering you all the time, you know what I mean? Ignorance is bliss, is, is the way that I think about it. Just, just don't tell me. Just don't let me find out about it. And then as long as we're still in this relationship and we're, you know what I mean? Kind of working things out, like sex is important and sex is a, is a, is a, uh, a really deep spiritual connection and exchange of energy. But at the end of the day, a relationship that you've been in with, you know, for three, four or five years, you go and have sex with one person, it doesn't necessarily change this relate, you know, the, the the sanctity of this relationship. As long as you're able to come back and be honest with it about it, and it doesn't happen again. This, that, and the third. Oh, I think cheating second. is forgiv- for- forgivable. You
0: said, "Don't tell me, don't let me find out." So, should they come back and be honest?
1: <laughs> if I if I happen to find out, that's a, that's a whole different level. If I happen to find out. Okay, so here's the rules. <laughs> you're allowed
0: to go out if. This is something that's an issue between us. Yeah. But don't tell me and don't let me find out. However, if you think that I might be finding out, now come be honest.
1: You gotta be honest about it eventually. Cause if I'm gonna, I'm a person, I got ears in the streets. I'm gonna find out something like that regardless in a situation like me. But this is only, this is only, this is only if there's like we're talking about there's an intimacy issue. If I'm not providing or that person's not providing, like you. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do to keep it going.
0: It's interesting because I went through a period of really low sex drive last year. Like excruciatingly low. I was pregnant. Okay. I was pregnant, and as you saw, I have another child as well. And yeah. so it was so much need on me already, and my body was at low capacity. Mm-hmm. Like My kid doesn't care if I'm pregnant or not. She needs whatever she wants from me. And so in my marriage, I was like, I need no more need. Yeah, like I don't want to feel like I'm not enough or I'm not providing for somebody. So like, not only am I telling you this is not going to happen, but I don't even want to feel the pressure from mm-hmm. you. And in order to do that, if you need to go and get a fuck buddy or something else, I completely support you.
1: See, that's what I'm talking about.
0: But I think that that's... At a conversation around non-monogamy, not around like non-ethics, like just don't let me find out. So I guess I'm curious if that became a part of it where you're like, are we willing to change our relationship dynamic from monogamous to something else to account for the fact that I want to keep our intimacy, Mm -hmm. but I realize that physical intimacy isn't possible for me right now.
1: It got to that point later on, like almost towards the end of when it, you know, kind of really just broke apart. It got to the point where I realized, like, hey, man, whatever's going on with me right now and my lack of intimacy towards this person or in general doesn't seem like it's going to clear up soon enough for this person to be happy about it. So, I, you know, it it had continued. It continued. I was like, look, honestly, and it was I think it was like a drunken night with some drunken words, but I but I really did mean it. I was like, look, honestly, if you need to find yourself something that to take care of these needs that I'm not for, you know, in my paraphrase what I actually said that night, you know what I mean? If you need to go find somebody to take care of the needs that I'm not taking care of right now, I'm just saying I wouldn't blame you. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't blame you and don't let me find out. I told her those words. I was like, just ignorance is bliss. Don't let me find out. And she she felt insulted by that. And I can understand <laughs> why. But I was trying to give her another out to get what she needed. Mm. Um, but she wanted it from me and understandable. She didn't want to go seek it from anywhere else. And she was like, oh, if I, and if I do that, that's just going to give you excuse to go do that. And I don't want you doing that.
0: That's fair. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, an attempt at getting there. Right. That, that's fair enough. Why is it so like I, I can account for myself when I've gone through a little sex drive. I know why I was like, even though my partner wants it, even though because it's one of those things where it's not finite like money. Right. Right. Like when your partner's asking for money, either you have it or you don't. Yeah. When it comes to sex, we in theory have it.
1: Yeah, we have it.
0: But even when our partner is asking and even when all the incentive is there to do it, for some reason, you just can't. What was your reason?
1: I don't know to this day that I can really pinpoint exactly what it was, but to touch back on something you were saying earlier, it was it became also a thing where it's just like now that I know that I haven't done it, like it's almost like a clock was being kept in the lap when was the last time that we had sex, right? And it was just like, I knew when it got to X point, and then we're laying down together, it was just this pressure you felt that was coming from, almost like I could see her staring at me like- <laughs> waiting for some dick like you know what i'm saying type of shit like it it felt like and every night that i would lay down or whatever and feel that pressure knowing i wasn't about to be able to deliver it was just that made it worse that almost pushed my desire back even farther because it now became a pressure thing and it shouldn't be a pressure thing with the person that you're in a relationship with so to answer your question of what i what it was that i couldn't why i couldn't do it i could have but i knew that like I'm probably, you're probably not about to get a great performance out of me and it's probably not going to please you. And if I sit there and and do this and I don't finish or I don't stay up the whole time or I'm just like not in it, it's probably going to make you feel worse than if I didn't, we didn't do it at all type of thing. So that was part of the reason why I was like, there was a couple of times I'm like, all right, let me just do it to make sure she's good. But, and then there were times where I would try to, you know, oral or whatever that, you know, like, but that was, she needed the whole, the whole vibe, you know what I mean? So got to a point where everything I was trying to do to explain how I was feeling came off as just like an excuse and that I was probably doing it with somebody else or I wasn't just feeling her anymore. You know what I mean? And that's the way she kind of took it. And I think as, as time's gone by, like I, I would hope that she understands a little more where I was coming from, but I think to myself, I'm still kind of like working on maybe some of the things that have me feeling that way. I mean, I think my sex drive is completely back. Like I'm, I'm good and I'm active in that area, but I am interested to, to, to really pinpoint what it was. So like, if it does ever happen again, I can figure out how to maybe nip it in the bud. So it's a it's an ongoing learning process.
0: Pardon the interruption, popping in to talk about composting because ever since I post this to my story. And you wanna know, is it dirt? That's dirt, baby. So many of you have hit me up with questions. So I wanna answer a few right now. One. What the heck is that tiny looking spaceship? That's a Lomi. And Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in under four hours with the push of a button. Two, why are you composting? Let's keep this number up here right now. I have two kids who are two and under and both of them are still in diapers. So I don't need anything else stinking up my garbage. And more importantly, Composting means less waste for the environment, and it also means more nourishment for my garden. So win, win, win. Three, what does it cost? Let's talk about what it saves. The environment, time, money on plant care, and above all else, brain power. Because unlike other composters, this is genuinely just the push of a button. And speaking of savings, you can go to Lomi.com slash lovers to get $50 off your Lomi. All you have to do is go to Lomi.com slash lovers, enter in the promo code lovers when you get there. And that is how you're going to save $50 off your electric countertop composter. You're welcome. And thank you to Lomi for sponsoring Lovers and Friends. Did you feel like you messed up in the relationship?
1: Um, yes. I think I messed up in the relationship because I... Wasn't great at communication. I think that when it, when a lot of these problems continue to to get worse and snowball, I became worse at the communication. And I started to lash out and say things that I probably didn't have no business saying. To my defense, it was going on on both sides. You know what I mean? Like, she was screaming a lot, of, saying a whole bunch of out-of-pocket stuff, and I was saying a whole bunch of out-of-pocket stuff. And I think that just added to the resentment and then I think that I could have done a better job of letting her know that she was still loved and cared about and that what I was going through mentally had nothing to do with her and how she looked and how how I felt about her. It had to do with myself. And I, even though I did try to tell her that a couple of times, I feel like I could have shown more things to let her in other ways to let her know that, hey, it isn't you. This is me. This is a me problem and this is temporary and I still love you and I still want to be with you and I still want to do everything that I said that, we, that I wanted to do with you and you're still my one and only. I could have done more to show her that. And I feel like I stopped taking as much accountability because I felt like she wasn't taking accountability for some of the things that were going on on my end that were angry at me. So I kind of stopped.
0: Devil's Advocate. uh, It's wonderful to take accountability. It's very empowering and it's also very inspiring to hear. So I want to say it was an honor to listen to that. Thank you. Devil's Advocate though, what could your partner have done to have made a big difference?
1: What my partner could have done to make a big difference is done a better job at understanding what I was going through. And that's that's a hard thing to do. And as much as I tried to explain that to her and break it down to her in the most finite ways possible, like it just didn't seem like she had a grasp on it or really attempted to kind of understand what I was going through. She always wanted her emotions validated, but I don't know if she felt the need to validate any of mine. And I think that that was a big thing for me too, because it made me feel like, okay, dang, I'm gonna have to not only sit here and live in here within this space and go through everything that I'm going through And deal with whatever this person is going through, but I have to try to help this person with all their emotions and whatever. But when I try to unpack mine, like I gotta, I'm on my own.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you were at that place in the relationship where Mm -hmm. one person's leg was blown off, the other person's arm was blown off, and Mm -hmm. then they were like, My leg is missing. You're like, Well, my arm is missing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, one of those.
0: You start arguing and then you just bleed out. Yeah. You talked about satisfying yourself, like masturbating, even though you don't wanna have sex with your partner. Why does that happen?
1: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. The whole and that and she noticed that. That's what really got that one interesting. It's like, dang! Not only you're not having sex with me, but I'm pretty sure you're in there jacking off or something at some point where I'm not around. And it's just like for dudes, that's something that's a really taboo thing. But like, dude, I think a lot of dudes that are, that watch this can relate to that because sometimes even though you're you might love this person and you're physically attracted to this person, you're dating them. Like I said, the whole physical thing of actually getting up and actually going through the actual physical thing of having sex 30 minutes hour, whatever it is, not only the physical energy, but the emotional energy and the spiritual energy that transfers. It's a a lot. It's an actual task. And sometimes if you're mentally drained at that point or emotionally drained, sometimes it's like, yeah, that, yeah, I'm turned on and I want to like maybe quickly bust a nut or something like that. But I don't know if I'm trying to like, because sex is like, oh, kissing and, and, you know, making love and all the passion and all the exchange of energy. Sometimes it's a lot more exhausting than what you the energy that you have in your body and in your mind at that time and so sometimes just jacking off or whatever it is like you know what I mean is sometimes a quick release of that energy without all the extra stuff that comes with that and I think that sometimes guys can be in a in a space where the, yes they are turned on and yes I am trying to do this and I am attracted to you baby girl but it's just like right now either I'm in a hurry and I just gotta do something real quick or I'm tired and I don't feel like doing that for 45 minutes or maybe I'm just like mentally I'm not really there and I just wanna you know, clear this out my brain, go to sleep or whatever it is. So sometimes it's it's just the the amount of physical and emotional energy and spiritual transfer that goes on with actually having sexual intercourse is a lot more energy than that person has at that time. And that's that's how I feel sometimes. And I feel like in the relationship, she saw that. And it's hard for a female to to see that and, and not take it as like, okay, you don't want to have sex with me, but you're going to watch this video or something like that and and please yourself to that. That's like really insulting to me. And I could totally understand. And I wish I had a better way to explain that to her of how I was feeling. But you know what I mean? Sometimes it's just the whole ordeal. I wouldn't even call it a chore because sex is not a chore. But from a physical standpoint and a mental, and like I said, that that transfer transfer of energy, like sometimes it's just, it's a lot. And I don't feel like doing all of that right now. And maybe I just don't have all of that in me right now.
0: I think you explained that pretty good. Yeah. All in all though, I mean, I'm not sure what your like stock is of this relationship, but it sounds really positive. You came out with a lot mm-hmm. of, personal ahas you learn a lot about yourself you also yeah. came out with a lot of curiosity about yeah. who you are who you really are mm-hmm. intimately and hopefully that the person's having those ahas too but yeah i think it's pretty beautiful how you just described it
1: yeah i mean i think the in, in, entire relationship it it a came a great album came out of it because a lot of the stuff on the album that we just dropped like kind of touched on some of the ways that i was feeling i definitely learned that it's okay to be super sexual at certain points and to be an inherently super sexual person but have the self awareness that sometimes you go through certain things mentally or external factors that might make you not super sexually active person for a small period of time and that's okay. It's okay for you to go through that and that's okay for your partner to go through that. And and I think the key is like communication to get through that that little phase.
0: Let's do the where do people find you? What do they listen to? They loved you so much. (laughs) What now?
1: Well, my name is Drew Love, so you can find me on Instagram at Drew Love. The artist group that I'm in, uh, the R&B Super Duo, you can find us at T-H-E-Y. They on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that. Go check out our new album that we just dropped. It's called New Moon. So if you like R&B and you like pop and you like, it's a little mix of everything. So it's a late night car ride. It's good good for sexual encounters. It's good for going out to the club. It's good for a barbecue. It's a little bit of something for everybody. So go check out that New Moon right now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you.
0: I'm sure you can tell, but I'll say it because it's worth saying. I really enjoyed that conversation with Drew. Drew Love is half of they, a group who has amassed 66 million listeners on YouTube alone with their hits featuring our faves, Jesse Reyes and Kiana Lede. Plus, Ty Dolla Sign, Wiz Khalifa, Tanase, the list goes on. So get into their new album, New Moon, out now. And also, I'm excited to share that in addition to chatting with Drew, I also spoke to Dante the other half of day. And I think you guys will really enjoy that conversation as well. So look forward to that in the coming weeks. But right now, you can look forward to my perspective-shifting conversation with sex coach Alex Grendy, who is now a third-time guest on Lovers and Friends because he's damn good.
2: There is this huge misconception about men that men are dogs. Men always want to have sex. Men are always ready to get hard.
0: We're going to get to that interview right after I show some love to our fourth and final sponsor of this episode, Skims. But truly, this is not even an ad break. This is a I just need you to know this break lovers and friends. If you have not gotten to skims yet, you just might need to skims is a solution oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear shapewear for literally everybody admittedly, i've been slow to this party but bar none the skims bodysuit is the best bodysuit i've ever owned before and after getting the one in black i went and got it in every color available in my size Their fits everybody online demi bra which i'm wearing right now is my favorite i'm so obsessed with this bra and this collection that i actually gave gift cards to my daycare's teachers and said to them Y'all take loads off of my life, let me take a load off of yours. The buttery soft fabric bolts to your body and stretches to twice its size. The Fits Everybody collection is offered in a range of cuts and fits from underwear to bras and dresses, t shirts, bodysuits, all available in sizes extra, extra small to 4XL. And it's offered in nine color ways. Skims fits everybody. And more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75 all at skims.com. And do me a favor after you have placed your order, look forward to it. And also look for the section where they say, who sent you? Tell Them Lovers and Friends sent you because I would love if Skims kept sponsoring this podcast. So something for you and something for me. Hi, Alex. I am thrilled to have you back. And without further ado, I am really interested to hear what were your immediate reactions and reflections from listening to Drew's story?
2: Yeah, a lot of things came up for me when I was listening to his story. And the first thing that popped into my head was porn-induced erectile dysfunction. This is something where men who are able to get it up when they're watching porn, but they're not really able to get it up when they're with a partner. Something that I think he was experiencing because he was under a lot of stress or dealing with a lot of, you know, kind of issues in his life that he didn't have the sex drive for sex with a partner, but with porn, he was able to. There is a huge difference between the two, right? Like we're watching porn, there's absolutely no pressure to perform at all. You can go as quick as you want. You don't need to be hard. They want to be able to satisfy their partner, but they don't feel like they can. So they don't wanna put themselves through this stress or anguish to, to try to make that happen when they know deep within themselves, like I have nothing to give to you right now. Like I don't even love myself right now. How am I gonna make love to you? How am I gonna give you pleasure? So it's not that porn is better than having sex with a partner. No one would ever say that, honestly. I, I mean, I can't say that for sure, but it's not that they're choosing porn over their partner. It's like they, they literally can't give to their partner in those moments. So they're just going to take what they can get. And that's where I think we resource to porn to feel something. It's like, I'm not feeling good about myself. I can't give pleasure. I just want to not feel this way okay, porn's making me feel something different. Porn is an escape from knowing that I can't give to my partner, from knowing that I'm not being a good partner right now. I can't be a good partner right now. And porn's allowing me to get away from that for 10 minutes, 30 minutes. With a partner, what I heard from him was that there's quite a bit of a production, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but when I've heard that I don't think it necessarily has to be that way. That there could be some mismanaged expectations at play as well or kind of limiting beliefs in, into what sex has to be with a partner.
0: So you said porn-induced erectile dysfunction. Can you tell me more about that?
2: Well, that's someone who doesn't have any, you know, cardiovascular problems, they're not overweight, they generally don't have issues getting an erection but because porn has such a dramatic effect on our reward centers in the brain that once you kind of get started you need that much more so it's like very similar to drugs in the sense that okay the first time is great the next time you need a little bit more and then a little bit more and then a little bit more and it takes you down this pathway where you're also getting really used to watching other people have sex instead of your own experience. So there's this voyeuristic kind of aspect to it where maybe you're getting really turned on about the way someone else has sex with a woman, you know? Maybe you're getting really turned on by these really extreme kind of situations, maybe with multiple people that you can't possibly create in you know your partner relationship so you can kind of get really desensitized by the porn it's so overstimulating and and it's made for you to be able to get an erection and ejaculate like immediately so that overstimulation over time as you start to consume more and more porn more extreme porn it can make partnered sex a lot less desirable for some men
0: I think that's really fascinating, and I I love talking to you for this reason that you always hear something a little bit different than I did, but I also want to note the fact that Drew didn't identify with having erectile dysfunction or having unhealthy consumption habits around porn, but after hearing you speak, I can hear why that might have jumped out to you. I actually have a project that I would love to sidebar with you about later on, but going back to what Drew was talking about during his interview was that. He felt like because we are so conditioned to think that men want sex all the time, when a man doesn't want sex, it seems like the end of the world and can often lead to the end of a relationship. So what are your reflections on that?
2: Yeah, I love that. And I'm really happy you brought this up because this is something I preach to men all the time. I turn down sex with my partner all the time. If if I am not in the mood, it is a disservice to myself and the relationship to have sex when I really don't want to. There is this huge misconception about men that men are dogs, men always wanna have sex, men are always ready to get hard, and that's part of just like, I think the biology of of men can get aroused much quicker than women, so that that means that they wanna have sex. It's like, just because I'm hard doesn't mean I wanna have sex. I wake up hard, that's not how it works. Women don't really understand that. I think it's something that everyone needs to understand is that every man is different too and based on what he's going through. And there will be moments, even when he's not stressed, that he just isn't in the mood and that that's totally okay. You know, recently I I was with someone and I I felt like they wanted to have sex. Well, they did want to have sex really often And I was wondering if it was because they wanted to have sex with me or because they wanted to get off. And I love pleasure, but I'm not also, like, here just to get you off, too. You know, like, I want to support you in that, but I also want to feel like you want me. Men are afraid to say no to sex. They feel like there's something wrong with them if they do. And I think a lot of what I see happens is that men will have sex when they don't want to and that's when they have these really negative experiences maybe they'll have erectile dysfunction and their partner will be like wait what's going on are you not attracted to me anymore it's like actually i didn't want to have sex in the first place but i didn't know how to say it because i'm super stressed i can't be thinking about this but i'm worried about being a bad partner it's like this terrible recipe for intimacy but men feel that pressure because they want to be a team player or they feel like that's expected of them, but it really is super negative to still engage when you don't want to. Like I always say like the truth always comes out, you know, it's like you didn't want to in the first place and that's why it wasn't a good experience.
0: But I do think again, when we're conditioned to think that men just care about sex and that quantity is so important and that lack of availability to sex is one of their biggest issues. When you're providing and they're not open to receiving that leads to tons of insecurities. And one of the things that I talked about in the episode is, you know, opening yourself up to the reality that men don't owe you sex in order to maintain your self-esteem. They don't owe you sex in order to provide assurance about your relationship. They don't owe you sex in order to prove that they're not having sex with someone else. And this seems like very simple mantras, but they can be very difficult for people in a relationship to accept. Why do you think that is?
2: Yeah, I first want to acknowledge that it would be really challenging for a partner to hear that there are their partner has no sex drive. Like I understand her discomfort that she's like, wait, why don't you want to have sex with me? What's going on? It must be me. Like I really do empathize with that perspective. It must feel really rejecting. At the same time, I think there does need to be some understanding and compassion and it goes straight into like men's mental health and I think this could be part of the issue is that maybe men aren't willing to say to their partner, I'm not doing okay. I'm really stressed. I'm not in a good place right now. And if we can normalize that, then there would be this understanding of like, Oh, you're, you're really depressed. Right? Well, of course you're not going to be interested in having sex. So again, trying not to take that personally, and supporting them in the best way possible to get them, help them out of that dark place and being able to say, hey, like, let's go through this rough patch together. I'll love you through it. And then on the other side, we're going to have that amazing experience. So yeah, I think it's a lot of trust and faith and understanding the humanness of everyone.
0: Alex, you did it again. Please tell people where to follow you.
2: Yeah. So I have my main core product, which is for a three month program for men who are really struggling with some form of performance anxiety, whether it's premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction. This is a place where we go through everything you need to know to be able to last longer and experience full body pleasure and give your partner, you know, the best experience possible. And that's ongoing. And, um, Yeah, men are are doing amazing things, changing their lives. Recently had a guy who broke up with his partner because he felt like he wasn't good enough. And then fast forward like eight months later, they're married and having a kid. So pretty unbelievable things can happen when you're able to ask for help. I just got goosebumps because I really want to share kind of how this unfolded. The man broke up with her because he felt he couldn't give her what she needed and what she deserved. And she reached out to me. So she didn't give up. She was like, this is the man I wanna be with. He's going through a really rough time. I'm gonna do everything I can to try and support him. Even if it's in this kind of like third party way, she was reaching out to me, anyone. And so that was a big part of how this happened is she reached out to me took a couple of weeks for him to then, you know, be able to get in contact. So that unwavering support from her, this faith, like this is the man, I don't care what he's going through, whether we're never together again or not. I want to help him because I love him as a person is what made this possible.
0: Shout out to Alex, shout out to Drew, shout out to you. Special shout out to you. If you have gone to rate and review the podcast, that little bit goes a very long way. And shout out to us to getting to 5,000 rates and reviews. I love reading them. And for everybody who wrote to say like, what's been happening the past two weeks? Where's my podcast gone? We took some time to get ahead and to get great. And it's felt amazing. And this is just the first of many incredible conversations that I've had within that time. So I look forward to talking to you consistently, but definitely talking to you next week. So please come back. Bye. Lovers and friends. is and friends i'ma take you on a trip baby i don't pretend i said lovers and friends is executive produced by shared entertainment Sham Boudram. it is produced by shan and Crazy cruz with production support from two west entertainments adam krasner and brianna barone the lovers and friends theme song is produced by sean ross and performed by jared brady who also does the scoring and engineering on all of our episodes lovers and friends is powered by audio boom and made possible by our incredible sponsors, who you can show some love to by reading the show notes. Thank you, and see you next week.
2: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.